0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino will be joining us at the bottom of hour one as he is currently on the road again, which has been a common theme for Mark throughout this early part of 2023, but we'll be joined by Mark momentarily in about half an hour or so to discuss the RBC heritage. But Bob, good morning. I know it's a big morning for viewing for you.
2: It is. I got uh, one, eye on the, um, one eye on our screen here looking at you, and one eye on the television watching the Boston Marathon, one of the, if not the greatest of uh, marathon races. A good, uh, a good day for marathon running, if you like it, nice and cool. Kind of like what we've got here in Toronto. Cool, and uh, it's a little bit damp, which isn't, which isn't bad either. So, uh, 30,000 runners all going out there, and they're all trying to chase one guy, Iliad Kipchoge, who is the Tiger Woods of marathoning, let's put it that way.
1: So you've obviously done your fair share of marathons in your illustrious running career, Bob. How many, how many marathons have you done? How many marathons have you done?
2: I've, done? I've done four full marathons and I've done about 20 half marathons. So the full marathon is a, uh, it's, it's a full-time job training for that. So these guys, every one of these people who makes it across the
1: finish line, it's well-earned. Right, right. Well, uh, we we'll, we'll, you'll definitely have to keep us posted throughout the two hours that we're on this morning <laughs> until noon about the progress. Any Canadians in the mix? We'll have a our Boston Marathon uh, update as the show goes on. But uh, another busy one today here on GTC. There's a major this week on the LPGA Tour calendar. We'll take an extensive look at Brooke Henderson there, and of course the RBC Heritage was a designated event, so we'll take a look back at that we're also going to have a conversation on slow play in the world of golf whether you're a professional golfer whether you're an amateur golfer quite simply something has to change because it is getting painful to watch at times because it is it is so slow and it might just be certain players it might be certain people but we'll talk about maybe some ways that perhaps we can speed it up a little bit like baseball is currently done not that we're going to see a pitch clock in golf but who knows? Maybe we can think of something uh, that'll come up in hour two. And as well, we'll be joined by Eileen Jerzak from Exonic Golf, uh, basically an app that uh, is a quick fix caddy, if you will. We had Eileen on last year, and since then, her app has won numerous awards and has been recognized worldwide. So we'll be uh, we'll be joined by Eileen to kick off hour two. But lots to get to today. But first, let's hit some news and headlines.
0: News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one.
1: Well, we spent a lot of time during our Wednesday show, not only previewing the RBC Heritage, but also looking outside and thinking, wow, we can wear shorts here in the GTA. Summer is here, and Bobby, wake up this morning. You mentioned the damp conditions, and spring is sort of back. The summer heat is gone for what seems to be the next couple of weeks
2: yeah I think it's uh it's back to what we normally get in April and I don't think we can be too shocked by it but um sort of like highs in the low teens if uh, if they get there's a couple of days I think tomorrow maybe is the day when it only gets to eight or something so it's not perfectly warm but it is it's still it's still golfable as long as it's dry out there you can still go out and hit the ball and I think did you play on the weekend I think you might have didn't you
1: I did get out to Dentonia. I did wear shorts, so I mean, I think that might be a record for me wearing shorts playing golf outside. I did wear shorts a couple of weeks ago going to the docks driving range, and that was a little bold, Bob. I was a little cold by the end of that experience, but I thought, ah, seventeen degrees, it looks, fine. and then it was colder by the water anyway. But got out to Dentonia. <laughs> I know, I, I know, you honed your craft at Dentonia. Back in the day and as the busy man but great to get out there course is in great shape awesome to hone in your short game too and i i know bob your course is opening in a couple of days now and we got word that my course bayview country club baby and country club is opening on tuesday april 25th which is next tuesday so i'm curious to see uh you know hopefully the weather goes away hopefully or hopefully the weather heats up i should say hopefully you know, we get some te- temperatures that we just had because it was it was a teaser, Bob. We you know walking around in shorts. It's twenty nine degrees Celsius. Like we need this all year. Come on.
2: <laughs> just just remember in July when the temperature is thirty five degrees and you don't you can't even get out there because you're going to bake. Remember these nice days right here where they're ten, twelve, fifteen degrees. We'll we'll uh, we'll be looking for those ones. But um, yeah, it's it's always anxious at this time of year. It's funny we have a guy at my golf club who puts. A notice on the board or at least it used to of all the opening days and no matter what with with the exception of maybe one or two over the last 15 to 20 years it's almost always right within a three or four day span where it's around the 20th give or take uh, a few days here or there so it's it's not like we're um, we should be shocked or or frustrated because the things not opening uh, or because it's open too early or something so I think you can really much pretty much count about the third week of April for 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 courses that don't need to have uh, green fees, the other ones are opening always a little bit early, and I'm glad to see that the City of Toronto courses are open. I drove past uh, Don Valley, and I saw that there was a full parking lot, so that's great to see.
1: You know, it it was pretty crazy, uh, Bob, because last Monday before we uh, went on for golf talk Canada radio on television. I went on like the the portal to get on, get a tee time. And I'm glad I was on as early as I was because I checked again an hour later and I got nada. So you got to get on early because people are eager Ooh. to play golf, which is great, which is awesome to see. But uh, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll be updating you throughout the season on, Our golf games, how, you know, Bob is progressing. Mark's going to shoot 65 four or five times because he's a great player. But anyway, getting (laughs) back to the professional game now, more importantly, some would argue. uh, Big week this week on the LPGA Tour, the Chevron Championship. The first LPGA major of the season. And for us, it'll be all eyes on Brooke Henderson. Now, Brooke's season overall... She has a win, so it's been great. And then there were three starts where it was a T-44, a T-48, a miscut, and you're thinking, okay, what's going on? A T-11 last week at the Tate Championship. So we have to be trending upwards now. From this point last week, Bob, when we, she had a couple of mediocre weeks, but now given the way she played last week and given her history at this tournament, you got to think that she's carrying some momentum into this week. What do you think?
2: yeah I think it's a little bit of a different scenario for uh, for brooke i mean she's she's finished tie eleventh uh t eleven last week I think that uh this you know going to a different spot with the chevron championship it's not the a n a it's not the dinosaur or the nabisco as we used to call it back in the old days so I think there's a difference there's a bit of a learning curve to the new course um she's she's told me over the last couple of years that they're really focused on trying to perform in these major championships. Hence, I think one of the reasons she may have taken the week off uh, prior to this week. And I think that uh, if you look at uh, what she did last week and a couple of the tournaments before, so far her iron play has not been up to the normal standard of Brooke Henderson. She's kind of lacking a little bit in terms of um, in terms of where she's missing shots. And, and sort of, I, I don't know if you want to call it strange or unusual or odd and maybe just a one-off kind of kind of thing but you look at the uh, greens and reg where she's usually pretty good Uh, 11 of 18 of 18 in the second round 15 of 18 that's more like it in round three and then seven of 18 yesterday so there's definitely some uh, some room for improvement there on the other hand her putting has been great if these numbers are are accurate 27 putts in the first round 24 in the second 30 in the third and 24 in the fourth so um you know Brooks' game, generally speaking, is one where she hits fairway, she hits greens, and then the putter is always a little bit off for her. But maybe because she missed so many of the greens, there were a lot of chips in one putt, rather than two putts and three putts, perhaps. But um, we'll see. I think I think she's gearing up for it. I think she's excited about the majors, and um, she's been working, working out a little bit. We know that. She's physically a little bit stronger than she has been in a while, and that was really started by that back injury at the end of last year. So she looks... You can see a little bit of a physical difference in her, too, because she does look a lot stronger when you, when you see her out there.
1: Well, and you know me as someone with a glass half full approach. I, I love hearing those putting numbers. And obviously, like you mentioned, there might be a lot more putts where she's chipping it closer. And, you know, it's a four or five foot putt versus having a 22 footer for birdie on a lot of holes, which is generally the case with her, given how how good her ball striking has been historically. Uh, But for Brooke Henderson, I I took a look at some of the numbers from last year at the major championships. And obviously, she got her second career major, which was awesome. But she also finished T-16 or better in the other four major championships, too. Which, I mean, she's showing a lot of confidence right now. What do you think she can take from last year overall overall? with the win, with the consistent finishes that she can apply here starting this week, and then as the major season really does heat up with the the other four?
2: Well, I think that she can take confidence that she can play all the different styles of golf courses, for one thing. You know, it's a, it's a mixed bag, obviously. It's a little bit more um, traditional, shall we say, than the men's four major championships, playing uh, you know, the Evian is a, is a fairly easy course. The players play on that one. That's the one she won last year, which doesn't take anything away from the win. And then the other part would be at the Open Championship where she has not necessarily had a good record. And Mark always thinks that she should have a good record because of the style of play she has out there. And I know it frustrates him to say, why can't you put this to that? Um, but I think that, uh, I think certainly last year, if you can play well in the majors and she set up a program to do that, she focused on that, then I think she's, at least knows she's on the right path. She's doing the right things that'll get her in contention, and it's just a matter of having a great week or having a couple of breaks here and there.
1: Yeah, we'll be uh, all over this for Brooke Henderson uh, this week, looking at her odds and some of the other favorites, of course, at the Chevron Championship. We'll take a deep dive into that on our Wednesday radio show as well as our Wednesday TV show, where Brooke Henderson is going to dominate the headlines throughout both of those shows now speaking of dominating headlines and this was more of an off the course thing last week when on our radio on television show last monday we heard that rory mcelroy was withdrawing from the rbc heritage and then news came out that this is going to be a bit of an expensive withdrawal as this was the second time he's done this in a designated event and three million dollars is going to be removed uh, from Rory's PIP collection, is that correct, Bob? Yeah,
2: so uh, he was, uh, I think he got $12 million last year. Maybe it's more than that. Anyway, he got the first payment of it, and the which was the bulk of it, and the second payment, which is this $3 million payment, um, was going to be awarded after they completed the all the necessary functions, which is to play in these uh, elevated events. So he chose to um skip this one we still don't know the reason why so i'm a little hesitant to um lay any blame or whatever why why he did it we don't know maybe there's something personal reasons or maybe there's something a little more to it than we're we're led to believe so um you know rory's not gonna go hungry without the three million (laughs) dollars i'm sure the tour would like to keep the three million dollars in its coffers too so uh there's a win sort of on both sides and in some respects to it but until Rory lets us know what happened, uh, then we then we will never we won't know. Now next year, this year they were they were allowed to miss one event, other uh, designated events. Next year it doesn't matter; they can play as many or as few as they want. There's no um, there's no penalty if you happen to only play one of them. I I remember t- um, a little while ago talking to Cam Young about it, and he sort of said, you know, yeah, you can miss them next year, but like, why would you? I mean, the the purse is so massive, and there's no cut, right? And so I don't think there's any real reason next year to uh, to not miss them, not to show up just to get your check. So uh, we'll have to find out more about what's going on with Rory in this situation. But it's, uh, it's, it's a situation where he obviously felt that his best move was to miss this week. And we'll find out why. And I'm sure the next time he's up, which is probably going to be at Wells Fargo.
1: Yeah. And to your point, I mean, for him, the money did, doesn't mean anything because he obviously makes a ton of money. But I'm more curious to see... The interaction now between him and some of the fellow professionals that he's playing with, you know, Xander Shoffley came out and said, and I quote here, rules are rules. So, I mean, for the most part, a lot of what he wanted is happening, is what's happening. And the irony is that he's not here. Joel Damon said the following, I feel like Rory was leading the charge on the changes that have been made and he helped make the rules. He knew what what the rules were, so he knew what was coming. He also has so much money. He doesn't care about $3 million. Now, do you think people will look at Rory differently? I mean, obviously, we're assuming that there really isn't an injury and something isn't going on personally, which we have no idea. That might be the case. He didn't speak to the media after missing the cut at the Masters. I'm a little curious, Bob, on how, if there might be some awkward interactions, but maybe nothing to a crazy extent. What do you think?
2: Yeah, that's, that's again, I think uh, it's going to be a, a result of why, it, when he says why he missed it. If he just says, look, I was too tired. Uh, a lot of the guys are tired. John Rahm said the same thing. You know, he sort of said he should be there. I mean, there's lots of guys who should be, who should be there. And as the cheerleader and the leader of it, maybe Rory should have been there if that's indeed what the reason for him leaving. But, um, you know, a $3 million penalty to him, it's not even a penalty really, because he's, it's just money he would ne- he's not getting. It's not like he has to pay back $3 million out of his own coffers. So, um, but I, I think the other guys if uh, maybe have a right to, to speak their mind as they, as they did.
1: Well, Rory McElroy wasn't at the RBC Heritage, but we had one hell of a finish in a playoff that you'll have to you go on SportsCenter, go check out the highlights if you didn't see it because it is awesome. On the other side, we're going to take a look back at the Fitzpatrick-Spieth duel down the stretch and Patrick Canley, who came up just short. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit CaddyTime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today.
1: Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. It is Scully. It is Weeks Z-Man joining us in about 10 minutes to recap the RBC Heritage. He was working it for PGA Tour Live, TSN+. For us here in canada as well but matt fitzpatrick gets it done and this was a significant victory for him not only it was a second career pga tour victory second win on us soil too but also a place that he vacationed at throughout his childhood growing up which i didn't know before this week so a very momentous victory for matt fitzpatrick before we debrief fitzpatrick's victory Let's hear now from the two-time PGA Tour winner.
3: I think I can retire now. Um, Yeah, this this one is the one that I've always wanted to win Um, any golf tournament, you know. uh, Other other than the majors, of course, you
1: know, there there isn't a higher one on my list than to win this one. Uh, And that's, you know, that's the truth. My my family can tell you that and my friends can tell you the same thing. This place is just a special place for me and, um, you know, means the world to have won it. A lot to unpack from that. First of all, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say I can retire now after winning the RBC Heritage. I mean he quite literally could retire since he just took home three point six Schmill. But uh no that that's awesome to see for Fitzpatrick in the backstory itself. But Bob, the way he goes around things and, and about his career, his uh, everything, and we saw that up close and center in that Netflix Full Swing series. But you know, the the chipping cross-handed, the way he reads greens, where he's fully on his stomach, like he like we saw Camilo Vazquez do the spider. I wouldn't recommend trying to do that because he might pull everything in your lower body. But Fitzpatrick is is flat on his stomach reading greens, um, and it's it's different, but. And with the flagstick in putting, which he's one of the only guys who really still does that. But overall, what were your impressions of what you saw from, from Fitzpatrick, not only throughout the week, but in the playoff too?
2: He's a guy who's always sort of strived to find a better way to do things. And whether it's the, the cross-handed chipping, which he does from about 30 yards in, or the lying down and the putting, he also keeps a record of every shot that he hits. And he does this because he, he doesn't trust... Uh, shot link, and he doesn't see that the, the numbers that are on there, he doesn't see them as being correct all the time. So after every round, he goes home, and he's got a notebook, and I think they showed this in some of it in the, in the Netflix series, where he'll write down everything, write down the yardages that he hit it, the result of the shot, how it works out, and he keeps his own sort of information on a spreadsheet as well, and how to break it down. So you got to like a guy who's always just striving to find a better way. When he didn't hit it far enough, he went and got uh, got the uh, swing stick and uh, added yardage and you can t- you can see in that swing that he's got it's changed dramatically about how fast it goes whips goes back and through so uh, i think now what he's doing is he's reaping the benefits of uh, of all this hard work and all this extracurricular stuff that he's found the perfect um situation for him and how to play golf and how to attack a golf course and how to get better and how to improve so i i, I think it's just uh, i think it's just a fascinating guy to walk to talk to and he's a really good speaker as well and the whole story that you just brought up about his family vacationing there and how he would go there and they asked him you know if you would uh, would would you go and follow Nick Faldo he said no no I want to see Tiger well of course Tiger never came to to that tournament when he was there so uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a really cool win for him and, and an emotional one as well for him.
1: And as I said last night on SportsCenter, uh, Fitzpatrick entered the week 138th in strokes gain approach for the season on the PGA Tour. And this past week, he was fifth. So that currently was one of the major reasons for success was his iron play. Now, he beat Jordan Spieth in a playoff. And Spieth had two absolutely glorious chances to win on the first and the second playoff hole. Looked like he hit some pretty good putts, too. They just didn't fall for speed before we chat about speed let's hear from speed shortly after the playoff
4: i didn't know it was going to be this windy and um when we got started i thought 500 would get it done to be honest um it was a really good round i got off to a dream start and then just kind of hung in there for a little while and uh and then made a nice putt to get into the playoff and then uh, played the playoff really well. I don't think I would have done anything differently. I got stuck in between clubs twice and hit a really nice one the first one time on 18. And I just I just flew too far the second time. But um, someone was going to make a birdie. It wasn't going to be a, a bogey to lose that playoff the way that, that we were both playing today. So um, he just did what he needed to do on 15 in when, when it had been kind of me and Patrick for a little while there. He just kind of snuck in and played some tremendous golf.
1: Well, Bobby, you got to think, too, from what Spieth said, he didn't really give this away. He hit some good shots. He just didn't make putts, and Fitzpatrick went out and won it with that great shot in the third playoff hole. But given that where we're going to be in, what, four weeks from now at the PGA Championship, where Spieth will have a chance to complete the career Grand Slam, and given the performance he had last week, given the performance he had the week before at the Masters, you've got to think Spieth is feeling pretty good about things as he heads to rochester at oak hill in four weeks time
2: without a doubt i mean i think i think jordan spee's having a great season to be perfectly honest with you and you look at some of those numbers yesterday they're a lot more jordan spee-ish if you want to say that so what we've come you know he's a little errant off the tee from time to time he's pretty good into the greens and around greens he's generally okay and the putter has been working fairly well it, as you said it didn't quite um do its magic on the first two playoff holes when he had some good chances that, and both those putts looked like they at certain points that they were going to go in but I think you got to be you got to be good it's not uh a feel good it's not um what he wants obviously he was asked that afterwards you know you got to feel pretty good about your game but yeah but I wanted to win and those guys always want to win uh but you're right at uh, at Oak Hill and Rochester boy you gotta you gotta have a pretty good look at that guy for for your office pool
1: you really, really do, and we'll take a look at his odds here and what they are in just a little bit. Before we go to break, we have to hear from Patrick Cantlay, too, because this guy was a major focal point of the story. Off the golf course, which we'll get into in an hour or two in terms of pace of play at the Masters and what people were talking about him and what the internet was talking about him, which was a scary place. But Patrick Cantlay didn't get it done. He was one shot out of a playoff. He did birdie the 72nd hole, though. Let's hear from Patrick Cantlay.
4: Yeah, I played well. It's a golf course that I really like, uh, and I've played well at a lot. Um, you know, I've been close a lot, so hopefully uh, someday I'll be able to close the deal here.
1: There was a lawnmower playing in the background of that audio clip from Patrick Cantlay. But Bob, uh, well, quickly, but on Patrick Cantlay, uh, he, he had performed well at the Heritage before, and he had, he's had a pretty consistent season. Um, I guess maybe the question to you is, are you surprised he is playing again this week at the Zurich? I know it's a team event. I know it's different. But it's still a professional golf tournament. Are you surprised he's playing again?
2: Uh, I think these guys like to have fun and he enjoys himself and he's got a good partner. And I think that, that it's just one of those things where guys, guys know what's right and what's wrong for them, right? They know how much they can play. And I don't think it's a real hard week. I don't think it's a grinding kind of week. Um, I think it's a week where these guys are – probably not on the range quite as long as they would be at say Augusta National. They're probably not uh, hitting a lot of balls after their round. They're probably enjoying the food at New Orleans which for most PGA Tour players will tell you it's the best food on tour for the whole year. Uh, They have during the practice rounds they have little food stations on the course so you can stop somewhere and get some oysters or whatever. So um, it's it's an enjoyable week but sure there's a fatigue factor so now maybe he's going to take a little time Uh, after this one but i think he just enjoys the uh, the tournament a lot and that's probably more the reason why he's playing rather than he needs to play or really has a strong desire to play i think it's just a fun week for some of the guys that's the way they look at it
1: and we'll have much more on the Zura classic of new orleans in hour two and winners weird and what and of course on wednesday during our doubleheader of radio and tv preview specials. On the other side, Mark Sakino is going to join us. We'll take a look back at the RBC Heritage and look at the schedule too. Are there too many designated events in a row? Is there golf fatigue for some, uh, perhaps, maybe for the viewer, maybe for a lot of these players? We'll discuss that and much more with Mark after the break. This is Golf
0: Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca.
1: Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Scully and Week. We'll have an update on the Boston Marathon, which Bob is has one eye on that and one eye on me right now for Golf Talk Canada. It's a great uh, Monday in uh, the world of sports. Of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs underway too. Is this the Leafs' year? We'll have to maybe end our interview with that uh, with Mark. I mean, that might lead to a rant, but I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. Now, Mark Zucchino joins us on the line. Mark, uh, as I mentioned in hour one, uh, that you are on the road again. Tell our listeners and viewers, uh, I guess listeners this morning only, uh, where are you right now?
5: I am uh, about an hour and a half from Washington, D.C. And uh, gonna be home Wednesday night, probably, maybe Thursday, and then uh, home for a bit, which is great. not on the road again until May, but uh, it was uh, it was a crazy week. That was uh, quite the event we were covering uh, down at RBC Heritage. So, I mean, we can say whatever we want about these designated events and how we're all a little worried about next year and hoping that there's a few more cuts injected in the Tigers event and Jacks event and whatnot. But I mean, this year they've been fantastic, and I think we got another good one this week
1: yeah we certainly got a good one this week too uh mark and i i just before we actually talk about you know fitzpatrick and spieth and Cantley and slow play and everything in that do you think it's we're seeing too many of these packed together too soon and you know we obviously saw rory mcelroy withdraw we still haven't heard a reason about that and bob and i discussed the the pip money that he is losing as a result of that but do you think we're jamming too many of these together too soon where it's sort of four and five weeks that sort of stretch
5: yeah the problem is at the end of the day the reality is the the need or the insistence to have the fedex cup in august I, you know, to me, that's the real problem with the entire calendar, and the entire schedule. Um, if, if we if we had the FedEx Cup in October, and let the you know let the playoffs maybe kick off you know third week fourth week of September, and we we got to East Lake sometime in the middle of October you know, the season could breathe a bit and we could stretch it out and open it up a bit. And to your point, we could set these designated events out a little, but you know, FedEx is cutting a ridiculously large check. They want that FedEx cup to be the, the focus of the sports world for that weekend. They don't want to go against NFL football. Nobody wants to ever go against NFL football. And because of that, I, you know, we're gonna we're gonna hand it out again before NFL season, and we're gonna take instead of using a 12 month calendar or an 11 month calendar to play a PGA Tour season, uh, we're gonna do it in an eight month window. And when you get down to an eight month window, uh, this is what happens at the same time. You're trying to respect the DP World Tour and their race to Dubai because you've invested now in the DP World Tour as a partner. Uh, they are trying to strengthen and save that tour uh, under much more difficult circumstances uh, with being affected way more by Liv than what the PGA, even with their recent court wins, being likely more affected by, by Liv than the PGA Tour will ever be. So, yes, the short answer is yes, you're 100% right. It's way too jammed. But D, the reasons are black and white as to how we got here, and I don't think there's anything they can do.
2: Um, You know, I I, I, I think that this year is a bit of a a strange situation, certain case, because the, the calendar was already set before they tried to add these designated events. So you have to... Uh, a, you can't ask all these tournament sites to start moving things around and, and doing that. And and I think, um, you know, the, there's only a certain number of events that we're going to have the money to put up to be designated events. So, Mark, do you think next year this will even itself out a little bit better?
5: Yeah, I, I think, Bob, I, 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 I'm i kind of hoping it'll improve. Uh, but I think we're always going to, because we're using that eight-month window, I, I think we're always going to have trouble spots. Um, we'll look at the RBC Canadian Open. You know, we're, we're going to be in between Memorial and uh, the U.S. Open. And I'm confident that we're still going to have an incredible championship because, you know, we've got the RBC Ambassador Program. We've got a fantastic golf course. We've got a, 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 a great defending champion. The modern-day player typically wants to play the week before a major. Uh, so it's likely going to be the week after the U.S. Open that suffers. Um, and we're going to see a lot of guys play three weeks in a row and go Memorial RBC U.S. Open. Not all of them, but, but quite a bit of them. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, does it, does it probably shake out and get a little bit better? Certainly. Yeah. Um, I think we all believe Houston's likely moving to where the WGC is now because WGC G C's gone, so that might help out, although we don't know what Houston's going to look like next year. But, yeah, it'll probably get better, and they'll figure it out as it goes along. The one thing that Vaughn and I think guys in the PGA Tour has been really good at is they don't stick their heels in, and they're not like, okay, this is the way it is. Like, look at what the FedEx Cup has, has turned into and the way it's changed and altered and Uh, the format, and then from four events to three events. So um, it's not like they don't listen. They listen to their membership, they listen to their media partners, they listen to the fans. So I'm sure this is going to be the same thing. Uh, It'll work itself out, it'll likely improve. Is it ever going to be perfect? Is it ever going to feel like it's not jammed a little? I don't think so. Because, again, I think we're only using an eight-month window for it. But, yeah, it probably gets a little bit.
1: We're in conversation with Mark Zucchino, who was on the call for PGA Tour Live TSN Plus here in Canada for the RBC Heritage. And schedule aside, it was another designated event, and it was another thrilling Finish for Matt Fitzpatrick, getting it done. Mark, how about the shot Fitzpatrick hit on the third playoff hole after Spieth missed those two unbelievable chances to win on the first and second playoff hole? What was your overall perspective from what you saw down the stretch at Hilton? Head?
5: You, you just can't, when you've got a chance to close out a golf tournament and you've you got a chance to you know, put your foot down on your opponent's neck, so to speak, you can't keep letting them get up off the mat. And, and Jordan's feet, that's what he did. And I really think the putt, the first one from 12 feet is uh, the shocker, the one that kind of didn't go in. Second one, you know, he, he had a, a couple opportunities and couldn't get it to go. I don't know how the, the 12-footer didn't go. But you can't have that many chances and, and keep letting your, your opponent survive to live another day. Eventually it's going to bite you. And eventually Fitzpatrick dialed one in. I mean, incredible golf shot. But, you know, George Spieth should have won that golf tournament. That golf tournament should have been over on multiple occasions by the time we got to the third playoff ball. And I think although it was great to see Matt Matt Fitzpatrick kind of find his form, the three of us have all been waiting for his season to start. And I think last week in Augusta, he finally found a little something and, and brought it to Hilton head. That 63 on Saturday is his career best. He shot 64 five times previously and then beat it on Saturday with a 63 and we all know how hard it is to go and play the day after you've done something like like a career best. So hard to go low and he was very sluggish on that front nine but hung in there and played great down the stretch to get himself in a playoff. That's that iron he hit on 17 in regulation, unbelievable. I mean, nobody was hit, making birdie there at 17 uh, yesterday. I mean, we couldn't get the lid off the cup for the majority of the day. So, for him to, you know, swing that one in there on the 71st hole, wow. That, that was great. But at the end of the day, regardless of how good Fitzpatrick played and that kill shot in the third playoff ball, I'm looking at this more as Jordan couldn't close I don't think this was Jordan's tournament to win. I think he should have won, and you just can't leave the door open that many times. And he got burnt. But you guys know he was my pick this week. He was my main man to get this done with Jordan Speed. He almost did. I'm all I'm all in the Jordan Speed business, guys. I think I think he looked better off the tee this week. Um, I mean, he's trending in the right direction, and we all know what's around the corner.
2: So, so that's where I was going to leave next. With uh, looking down the road a little bit, if I gave you a dollar and said you have to wager it on either uh, Matt Fitzpatrick or Jordan Spieth to win the PGA Championship, where's it going?
3: It's
5: going to Jordan Spieth, and not again and that's not a shot against Matt Fitzpatrick. You know, we got to see what comes between now and then, and that's going to be, uh, you know, an adult-sized ballpark that's going to look an awful lot like a like a PGA version of a U.S. Open, Bob, will be my guess when we get on the ground. Uh, I haven't seen it since the Renault, so I'm kind of curious. But that was always a, a, a very big, uh, mean type of U.S. Open venue at Oak Hill. So you got to think that uh, Matt Fitzpatrick's game is going to fit quite well there. But right now based on what Jordan did at Augusta, based on what he did this week, based on the fact that the driving numbers have gotten better now, the one little you know, asterisk we should put on the driving numbers is you don't have to hit a ton of drivers in Harbortown. So He drove the golf ball a lot better this week, but he also hit a lot of three-woods, and he hit a lot of hybrids. When we get to Oak Hill, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. I mean, if we don't get a drop of rain between now and the middle of May – you're still going to have to lean on driver likely all day on that golf course. So uh, that's something that we're going to have to keep our eye on. But short answer is I like them both, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick uh, Jordan Spieth.
1: You mentioned his driving numbers there, Mark. And, you know, he's consistently kind of cruising around 178 ball speed. So the speed is certainly up for speed just whether he is accurate with the big dog. But uh, looking forward to hearing and watching and, and covering Jordan Speeth in four weeks. And I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have a lot of deep dives into the chances of him completing the career Grand Slam. Now, uh, Mark, in hour two, Bob and I are going to discuss slow play in the world of golf. And obviously there were a lot of headlines that you know have been going on for a long time, whether it's on the PGA Tour this year when they've had a very hard time finishing a lot of second rounds on Friday because the pace of play is embarrassingly slow right now. And then you have Brooks Kepka make some pretty pointed comments, pretty much referring to Patrick Cantlay taking a month and a half to play the final round at the Masters. And then obviously there was some stuff that happened yesterday in terms of you know, there was a lot of slow play. Overall, Mark, what what needs to change? What needs to happen for something to finally go down in terms of slow play in the world of golf?
5: I think there's two things. Actually, three things. And, I, and it's funny we're having this conversation because yesterday I had to follow Emiliano Grillo in his feature group coverage. He was playing alongside uh, Matt Kuchar and Xander Schauffele. So on stream two, it was myself and Will McKenzie, and we brought that group home and signed off for the day. And what a nice day, by the way, for Xander Shopley. So good to see him playing well. But Emiliano Grillo, it was painful. I mean, literally painful to the point where Matt Kuchar was staring him down, giving him the evil eye for about the last 11 holes. It was unbearably slow and sad and Will McKenzie was like all over Grelo calling him out going like there's really just no need for any of this so I think three things need to happen in order for this to, to, to get better uh, first I'll go with what Billy Cratchit uh, said to me, Billy Cratchit said in my day, we take Grelo aside or Cantley last week we pull him aside in the locker room and the players would police themselves. And the players would, not on social media, not, you know, not on the mic, they'd pull them aside of the locker room and say, this, this stops now. And they would police themselves and get on top of these guys. So that's the first thing I think that would help. Second thing is, then it'd be nice to see a slow play penalty at some point and one that means something. Not some, like, fine that doesn't matter behind the scenes. Like, you know, a shot, a penalty shot, something like that. Something that really, uh, you know, prevents a a win, a top ten, or at some point changes the outcome of a golf tournament. Say, no, this this is the rule. And if you're not going to play, you know, if you're not going to keep paying, and you're not going to play, you know, within a reasonable amount of time, then you're going to be penalized. I think that, that's number two. And number three, and this is one that I was really talking about that I haven't heard anybody else talk about but I think could really help this problem through attrition. And I don't know how much college golf that you guys have watched lately or in the last few years. It's slow to a level. you got to watch NCAA golf. I mean, NCAA golf, these coaches, up there, the players. The and they're breaking down every shot is a group meeting. I mean, six-hour round of golf, five-and-a-half-hour round of golf at the NCAA level is quite normal. And then these kids come out of college golf, and they get into the PGA Tour, and it's the norm. It's what they were doing in college, and now it's what they're doing on a Thursday, Friday at the PGA Tour. And I really think if we get into college, and we, you know, set a different standard in college and, and get it back to four hours to play golf, four and a half maybe when there's threesomes, and break up the group chat, and, you know, start doing some things at the college level. Maybe bring in the allow Bushnell rangefinders and just do some stuff and make it apparent that four and a half in threesomes is, that's the standard that we're going to hold you to. And if it's in twosomes, we're going to ask less then maybe by the time we get to the PGA Tour, then maybe through attrition, then maybe this problem is, is better and it's got fixed and it's working, worked itself out. But at the end of the day, right now, we're doing nothing at all to fix this. And no one, other than a handful of players, seems to have a problem with it. I mean, where are the media? Why aren't the media partners? Uh, standing up and saying, we got to fix this. Like, where are the voices and the the anger that baseball got, that finally baseball had to make major rule changes? And look, already baseball, once in a while, there's still going to be like the Jays opener where they get a four-hour baseball game. But I heard something like they've shaved 38 minutes or something like that off the average baseball game already this year. So where are the voices other than the three of us and Brooks Kepka?
1: <laughs> yeah you know what it's uh it's certainly it's a wild thing mark and and it's something that we'll be talking about at length uh, until something really does go down uh safe travels today all the best my friend we'll talk to you very soon
5: hey guys just want to thank you guys so much for allowing me to t- uh to, to do this and say yes to this invitation uh so it's greatly appreciated and uh thank you as always i owe you both one for this one
1: No problem, my friend. That is the Z-Man Golf, and we'll have much more on where Mark is actually going and this invite that he mentioned. We'll have a lot of that going forward. Okay, on the other side, we'll recap 20 weeks of TaylorMade and preview Hour 2. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping
1: up hour one here on GTC, Scully and Weeks alongside you here for the ride. Another hour of GTC coming up on the other side. But as we've been tracking in deep depth and detail the Boston Marathon currently going on, Bob, what's the update? Uh,
2: No surprise in the men's race, uh, Iliad Kipchoge is leading his uh, half marathon split was just a little over an hour. One hour and one minute. And so, uh, one hour, one oh, actually one oh two nineteen, is what his first half was. So he's on pace for a very fast run. And uh, I don't have the winner's result here, but I'll do. That. I'll update that after the next break.
1: So sorry, that, that's like three kilometers. Uh, I'm sorry, three minutes a kilometer too? like just a little under that. Yeah, <laughs> he's, wow. he's still leading. The lead pack has
2: shrunk from about forty down to about there's about maybe eight or nine right now. So wow. we'll see what
1: happens. Well, we'll continue to keep you posted on the Boston Marathon currently going on. As always, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues here on GTC. Congrats to our Week 2 winner with the screen name Cuzzy C-U-Z-Z-Y. He takes home the Stealth 2 Plus driver. How about that? Of course, 20 Weeks of Made A little different this year. It's a fantasy pool weekly, giving away tons of great prizes over in prizing for the year, which is just exceptional. So congratulations uh, on that. And we'll have much more on 20 weeks of TaylorMade here as we move forward. But coming up on the other side, to kick off our two, we're going to learn all about Exonic golf and the itq an app that you could use you can download right away and it gives you quick tips on how you can improve and get better for golf season which really is here now in the gta that's coming up much more next this is gtc
0: this segment of gtc presented by taylor was brought to you by play golf myrtle beach the golf capital of the world Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Adam Felly alongside Bob Weeks. Well, it's that time of year now in the GTA where golf season is here. We saw some great weather last week. People were in shorts. It was upward of 25, 30 degrees Celsius. Now it's more of a dose of reality and what April generally is. But regardless of the weather, regardless of your skill level, everyone's always looking for that quick tip, let's say you're on the golf course and you keep consistently missing shots to the right, left, long, short, etc. You're always wondering what's going on. Why am I doing this? I need something quick to really help me out and get me back on the right track. Well, enter the Exonic ITQ, an app, which does all of this and so much more. For much more on the Exonic ITQ, I had a chance to catch up with founder and CEO Eileen Jurczak and pleased to welcome friend of the show Eileen Jurczak the founder and CEO of Exonic Golf back to Golf Talk and Eileen hello and welcome back inside GTC.
3: Oh hey Adam it's great to be here thanks so much for having us.
1: Yeah absolutely so we had you on I think about the same time last year just after the Masters and we you know we spoke about the early beginnings of Exonic Golf and the ITQ so one Mm -hmm. year later how has everything gone for you?
3: Well, I gotta tell you, there's been a lot of buzz around the launch of our new Exonic ITQ app, which we launched at the PGA show in Orlando this past January. Yeah, so it's got an exciting new user interface, multiple languages and other great features, including a first of its kind shot tracker. We've also been expanding our PGA partnerships around the US and Canada, which is great because we love our PGA pros. And just a few weeks ago, Exonic Golf was recognized by Fast Company as one of the world's top 10 most innovative companies in sports for 2023 so it's been a great year so far
1: wow okay so we'll get into what the app is but i gotta ask personally or just what was the pga show like for you to interact with other people other apps and and to, for you to you know really try to spread the word about exonic Golf.
3: yeah well like i said the buzz was great it was great uh, exonic was really happy to be there uh and just it's just a You've never I don't know if you've ever been, but it's an incredible it's an incredible experience. I mean, it's huge. Right. And there's just everybody from around the world from the golf industry comes to Orlando and like in one, you know, few day period. Uh, So it was very exciting. And we were glad to see with the the golf pros and other industry apps uh, really loving the app and and uh, and hearing what we had to say and how it worked. So it was great.
1: That's fantastic. Okay, so many people maybe are tuning in here for the first time. They didn't hear our interview last year. They didn't see it on our YouTube channel. They might not know what is Exonic Golf and the ITQ. What can you tell us?
3: Okay, so the Exonic ITQ is golf's first AI quick tip caddy app for amateur golfers of all skill levels. So what it does is it gives you instant PGA Pro quick fixes and tips That are based on the AI analysis of your swing signature. So these are small adjustments to help you quickly in the moment. Uh, You know, there's no lessons or practice drills. Okay. And what the app does is it keeps learning, it gets better at giving you advice the more that you use it, which is a really unique feature of this app. And we do like to say, you know, the app is for everybody, but if you happen to take lessons, uh, giving your golf instructor your on course ITQ data can be very helpful to them uh, in in crafting um, lesson plans for you.
1: So, and and that's interesting. And before I get to some other questions, I, I have to ask. So you mentioned on course ITQ swings. So that's where like we can go to the driving range and we're not aiming at something and we can look like a pro probably because, you know, there's, we're not thinking about the wind direction. We're not thinking about flying at a certain number. We're just swinging and hoping it goes straight. And that, so that to me, that stands out a lot because Mm -hmm. on the golf course, sure, we can look like Ranger Rick on the range, but when you get on the golf course, it's a totally different scenario, right?
3: Absolutely. And well, you know, while you can use the app on the range sort of as a quick sort of warm up in between uh, your round or before the round, or some people use it in the winter at the simulator just to sort of keep things going, it's an easy tool, that's why it's easy to use. But the main core function where you're going to see the key benefits is using it on the course for exactly the reason you've just said, because the way we hit the ball on the range isn't, for the most part, as you know, the way we hit on the course when conditions are changing, score matters. Um, And so you want the, because the app keeps learning, you want it to learn about your on-course game so it can improve the tips it gives you on the course, which is when you want the help. (laughs)
1: yeah so okay the the big question for me now is like how did this idea come to be like how did you say you know what i'm doing this i've had you know i've struggled in the golf course maybe hitting a slice or a draw or too much of a hook or something how did this how how, how did this idea come to be
3: so exactly that i've just i mean i'm a 10 handicap i've been playing golf my whole life i love this game it's in the family uh, you know and I was out one day and, you know, maybe halfway through a decent round of golf, I started slicing the ball. Now I have a natural draw. And so that was like, what, you know, what's going on? You know, and I tried, you know, hole after hole. I, you know, I've taken lessons my whole life. I'm trying to this, I'm trying that, you know, tinkering, trying to fix it and nothing I could do helped. And I just said, oh, for pity's sakes, I knew that it was something small, most likely, it usually is, not always, but usually. And I said, I just had a caddy next to me who knew my swing who could say, Oh, you can just, you know, move that little elbow in a little more or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm just saying mm-hmm. then I'd be able to, you know, get stop struggling, lower my score and get back to enjoying the game. And so, um, with you know, my background in AI, I had some previous experience uh with AI. I, it occurred to me, I said, you know what? I wonder if there's a like a product out there. Where we can use AI and put it in the convenience of a mobile app. So you can have it with you on the course and easy to look at. And sure enough, I mean, long story short, we 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 got the product and it and it does work and it's great. Yeah.
1: It certainly does. Now you mentioned your background in AI. Can you give us some of the nitty-gritty, some of the specifics with technologies used in the app that to make this all happen?
3: Absolutely. So we uh the the app uses an advanced artificial intelligence system that incorporates multiple AI algorithms in a way that's never been done before. So we have filed an international patent for this because it is unique. Um, and basically, you know, I won't get into the whole, the whole system. I think, I don't know that a lot of your users are, are AI nuts. But I will, I will mention, uh, this is something that I think a lot of people do find interesting, is that uh, one of the algorithms the app uses is computer vision. And why that's interesting is it's the same technology used by driverless cars. And that's how the app is able to analyze your video and then analyze your swing based on that video. So that's always something that our users find very interesting. Um, And also too, we need to mention AI algorithms need to be trained. They just don't work on their own. It's like any computer program for lack of a better, terminology. So we have a team of PGA pros who helped us train the AI. These are teaching pros who have not someone said, Oh, PGA pros like Tiger Woods. No, no, no. These are teaching pros who have years of teaching experience. Those are the people you want to be giving you advice, right? And, um, and also those are the pros who have exclusively written the fixes and tips in the app. So all the fixes and tips are written for the app by PGA teaching pros. And we add new PGA pros fixes and tips every season. Which we just did for 2023, and so the we're always updating the content, and so you're always going to get you know more tips and the best tips for you. It just like I said, it keeps learning. It's 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 fantastic.
1: Wow. Okay. So so how does the process work? So let's say I'm on my phone, I download the app. Now what do I do?
3: Okay. So the first thing you do need to do, as I mentioned, you need to set up your your swing videos because the ITQ needs to identify your. Overall, you know, we call it your swing signature. So your swing type, for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. uh, so that it can give you the best fixes and tips uh, for you. So what you're going to do is you're going to film one down the line and one face on video. Now, most amateur golfers are not going to have to do that more than once, uh, because as most PGA pros, teaching pros will tell you, our overall swing signatures tend to remain fairly consistent over time. Yeah, maybe once in a while you make a major change, but but that's gonna take a lot of work. Then of course, update the videos. If you you think you've made a major change, update the video. But for most people, you're only gonna need to do it once. Anyway, we like to tell people, don't overthink the videos. It's a straightforward process. You can film those videos anywhere that you can hit a ball with good lighting. Um, The big key thing is uh, use slow motion, 240 frames per second. All the instructions are in the app. Easy to follow. Just follow the instructions, It's uh, you know. And then we like to say, hey, don't stress about it. If you can't go to the range, this, you know, last summer I did videos for a couple of friends. We just did it on the course. I did one video a Frayson on one hole, and then I did down the line on another. It doesn't need to be the same club. So, you know, don't stress about it. Anyway, right. once the videos are done, recorded, uploaded, you're ready to go off to the races.
1: Wow. And then, so, okay, so now we we take it further. So let's say we're playing and, you know, yeah, there's OB right on the, on the first hole at Bayview. And you're like, mm, I'm not loving that right there. Then you think, okay, how do I, how do I quick fix this? So I open my app and, and then what's sort of the process over there.
3: Right. And so I'd, we like to tell people it's, it's not for every shot on the golf course. Right. right. Um, So, so pace of play is not an issue with this app at all. You use it, you know, like anything you're coming up to your shot, waiting for people to play. That's when you whip it out quickly, you know, Um, but you want to make sure, you know, if there's something happening, that's when you're bringing it out, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's when you want the help. You maybe don't want the help all the time, but you are going to want it a few times around. I'll tell (laughs) you. So anyway, so say you're slicing, as you said, a couple of, maybe it's been a couple of holes. You've sliced it twice. Just, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to go on like this for the rest of my game. So you just take out the app and all you do is you select the club you're using and then you select the issue you want help with from a list of options in the app, that's it. It takes just a few seconds and there are no videos taken on the course. Right. So the other thing you need to do, which is an important, again, it goes back to the learning part of the app, okay? Is you need to try the tip and then you need to click whether it was useful or not. Mm-hmm. So you click a check mark or an X to let the app know. This feedback allows it to get better at giving you advice. Now, why is that important? So just to quickly explain that, Mm -hmm. um, Adam. Now, our swing, the analysis of your swing is only part of the equation when getting golf advice. Okay, and and I always explain it like this to people. You and I, Adam, could have the exact same swing. Of course, in reality, not going to happen. Your swing is way better than mine. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, But we could have the same swing. We could have the exact same problem, go to the exact same teaching pro who gives us the exact same piece of advice. And for some reason, it will work for you and help your swing, and it won't work for me. And there's has nothing to do with our swing. It only has to do with how we process information. I just didn't quite get it, or I couldn't interpret it properly the way you could. Uh, so this is being compensated for the app takes this into account. So it's not just about your swing. That is, of course, an important part. But the other part is teaching it how you how you incorporate information, how you interpret information. And that's where the feedback comes in. So like any great caddy, You know, it may not be perfect the first time you use it. You got to use it a few rounds. Get, you know, let it know a bit more about you, not just your swing, but how you interpret information, how you're using it on the course, and you'll see it getting better at giving you that advice. So it's really fantastic. Could I add one more quick thing? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Okay. I just, I just, because you mentioned about quick fixes and we do like to let people know that there's two major parts in the app, quick tips, as well as quick fixes and so quick fixes are the how not to do's like how do I stop slicing the ball which is what we just talked about but the quick tips are also very useful because they are the how to do's so maybe I want help on executing a shot out of deep rough how do I hit that shot how do I hit off a downhill lie or do a punch shot you know maybe I've forgotten some of the nuances but that's also tailored to you and you do the same feedback mechanism so it's 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 pretty exciting
1: very very exciting and you know speaking of exciting since we've spoke a year ago exonic golf exonic itq you've been recognized by numerous outlets you've won a number of awards for someone who's worked so hard with this how satisfying is that for you and your team that to think that hey so many people are seeing this app and so many people are excelling using this app
3: well i gotta tell you it's it's fantastic adam you know exonic golf uh is is thrilled to be recognized because what it does is it sends a clear message to the golf world that we have indeed built an amazing product to help golfers with their game and it is helping golfers with their game i mean you know uh the itq was named the number one golf app to have in your bag by australian golf digest uh score a golf it was uh winner of the canadian golf product of the year for 2022 and fast company named it as a winner of its next big things in tech award for 2022. So I mean, you know, it doesn't get much better than that.
1: No, oh, that's awesome. And that's it's so it's so cool to see an app like this really take off and and keep growing. And speaking of growth, you've been recognized around the world, which is exceptional, and you mentioned some of the changes that you made, but in your mind, I know we're early on here, but what's next?
3: right well right now it's all about the marketing as any any uh uh, entrepreneur will tell you right it's getting the word out to all the golfers so uh they they know that this product exists and that it and how it can help their game and that it will help their game and so they can give it a try um but uh we've also we're expanding globally as you mentioned we just launched in japan and korea because we have we've added the new languages just a couple months ago uh we've got five languages now There's Uh, English, of course, French, Spanish, um, Korean, and Japanese, Uh, and sorry, and Mandarin, sorry. So we added five languages. So we have a total of six languages. Wow,
1: that's how how cool is that? That's amazing. But okay, so before we let you go, and perhaps most importantly, whoever's everyone listening to this, everyone watching this on our YouTube channel, how can people people find the app and get downloaded and get ready to use the Exonic ITQ?
3: Absolutely. Um, And I just sort of wanted to add that we're also going to be adding short game in the the coming, uh, hopefully by next season. So stay tuned. But anyway, back to your question. So uh, ExonicGolf.com is the website. That's X-O-N-I-C-Golf.com. You can also download the app on the App Store or uh, Google Play. There is a 14 day free trial. After that, it's $31.99 a year. Huh? Not bad, and then or eight ninety nine a month. So yeah, the the yearly subscription obviously is is a is a better way to go. But if you only want it for a couple of months, then just get the box play. That's fine too.
1: Well, we've had summer like conditions here in the GTA over the last week or so. I know it's going to cool down, but golf season is here in the GTA. And what better way to get started using Exonic Golf and the ITQ? Eileen, thanks for your time today, and let's make this an annual thing. We'll talk to you again the week after the Masters next year for an update on what has happened. Thanks, Eileen.
3: You, you got it, Adam. Thanks so much. Take care.
1: That's a pretty cool app, the Exonic ITQ. On the other side, Bob and I are going to take a deep dive into slow play in the world of golf. What needs to change? Well, a lot needs to change. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit cobblebeach.com today. Welcome back inside
1: Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, we spent some time in Hour 1 with Mark talking about slow play in the world of golf and what needs to change because pace of play has gotten very slow really this year on the pga tour specifically it's been very slow and this is something that whether you're a weekend warrior or you play the game for a living has been an issue in the game of golf for quite some time now mark laid out some possibilities that the tour could hand out or do to try to fix this bob in your mind what needs to be done for the pace of play issue to be closer to being resolved
2: I think there has to be a desire on the half of the PGA Tour to hand out stroke penalties. That's really the only thing that's going to get this done. They have the rules place. They modified them a couple of years ago, 2020. So you, on your second violation, you are supposed to be a penalty, a stroke penalty. But they really just haven't, uh, haven't adhered to it. And, and for most part, it's, it's the guys who are um, the officials who just don't want to have a say in determining the outcome of a tournament. If you go to amateur golf now the canadian amateur and places like that you look at some of those things there are a lot of um a lot of penalties handed out a lot of slow play penalties and in fact uh, they have a what i think is a good thing it's called a gate system so players have to reach a certain portion of the uh, of the hole or the golf course at a certain time so you have to be let's say on the third tee no more than X number of minutes before you teed off. And then you have to be on the sixth tee and then you have to be on the ninth tee. And it goes along throughout the day. And if you miss any of them, then all the people in that group get penalized. So there's also a little bit of, hey, hurry up. I'm gonna tell you, if you're slow play, I'm gonna say, I don't wanna get dinged by a shot. So you gotta, you gotta speed it up. But there has to be the will to actually wanna do that. And if there is no will in that case, then um, it's, it's just gonna keep going the way it's going. And we've seen it. It's it's not just Patrick Cantley, by the way. There's a lot more players that are slow play, and everyone knows who they are. That's the other thing. And Mark was talking about how they used to deal with them in the in the locker room, and they st- that still goes on, but it doesn't seem to have much of an effect.
1: You mentioned everyone knows who they are, but whether regardless of your skill level, those who are a little slower on the golf course generally don't know they are slower. Don't. Think they are slow, and you know it's simple things like be ready to hit, get get through your routine, uh, while other people are going and then play. Matt Fitzpatrick is a wonderful example of that. Where we mentioned how analytical he is, he writes down every shot. And sure, on the greens, a lot of these guys maybe are a little patient, a little slower. Fitzpatrick's doing almost like a frontward snow angel reading greens sometimes. but that's a little different. But what just be ready to hit your shot really, and you can tell some people are simply not i love your idea about the time i was thinking you know we've seen what baseball has done with the pitch clock you're not going to have that in golf out just wouldn't work but whether you say on a thursday you have to be finished your round in four and a half hours in threes and if you're not maybe then you get a warning and then maybe there's a penalty after that sort of thing but quite simply something needs to be done because us amateurs us weekend warriors more so younger people now or kids are watching tv they're watching their idols whoever the player is take a very long time to hit the ball but they're thinking hey i want to be just like player x when i grow up so i'm going to go on the first green at course wherever and do aim point take a hot lap around the entire green and find every angle possible to take a look at this putt. And you just can't do that. So something needs to change. Hopefully something does change, Bob. And I know for us, we'll continue to take a deep dive into the subject because when the three of us are back on here in studio together, maybe perhaps on a lighter week in the world of golf, we'll we'll really take a, a, a real... Um, uh, find some opinions on this. We'll have some people on the show because there has to be something and it has to change at some point here because we've seen the growth of the game of golf has gone through the roof in COVID, but when things start to slow down, that's when people start to turn the TV off. So let's hopefully have some sort of situation here, solution here going forward.
2: Uh, I just want to give you an update on the Boston Marathon. Thank you. I know the Thank listeners you. are on the edge of their seats. Oh, yes. Elliot Kipchoge has fallen off the pace. <gasps> It is, barring some kind of a miracle, he is not likely to win. He is in eighth place. And uh, Evans Chibet, who is the defending champion and who also uh, won the New York City Marathon last year, a race that I was in. So he could could sort of say he nipped me at the finish line right. by about two hours. Um, <laughs> and he, he's, he's leading your race right now in the men's professional. And the uh, women's has a group of about, uh, still a group of about 10 in a big pack that are uh, chasing it down. So... Anyway, they're going, you know where they're actually heading? Here's the golf scenario. I'll just tag this before you can take us to commercial. But they're actually running through Brookline right now. So there you go. Really? Scene of last year's U.S. Open. Not the golf course, but the town of Brookline.
1: There you go. That's pretty cool. Okay, (laughs) we'll continue to update you. We've got about another half hour here on GTC. We'll have our Boston Marathon update here as we continue. But on the other side, winners, weird and what, no shortage of wacky going on in the world of golf. This is GTC
0: this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by cobble beach georgian bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community this is golf talk canada presented by picton mahoney asset management this segment of gtc is brought to you by cadillac experience cadillac Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live.
1: Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Woods. Well, now it's our favorite time of the show. It is Winners Weird and What. And this week, Bob, you have the tea.
3: So, so what
2: do I do, just aim for the pond?
0: No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water.
2: But you hit it into the water.
0: I know I hit it into the water.
5: Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun!
0: Look, it went further than your ball!
2: All right, Adam, uh, my winner this week is Jim Nance. Yes, hello, friends. It's our uh, favorite golf announcer. And uh, he was asked last week, or sorry, earlier this week, I guess, uh, or last week, but at the, at the Heritage, let's put it that way. He was asked about, the: did CBS really not cover Phil Mickelson? As Phil Mickelson has stated, he said there was a shadow ban on him for uh, not being covered. And he said, he defended it. He said, nope, absolutely no way. There is no way we ignored it. He said, we gave Phil lots of coverage on the last day, including his final round uh, shots on the third round. Or third round final shots, and then into the final round. But he said there wasn't a lot of coverage of him until later in the round because he really wasn't in the mix until, as he said, until he putted out on 18. All of a sudden he became a player. But there was absolutely no truth to any live player being shuffled to the side or not shown, and I'm glad for Jim Nance, a guy who I think we all would look to as a trusted source saying that. So I think I think he's my winner this week just for that very reason that he kind of solidified things and, and made it apparent you agree
1: yeah yeah and obviously you know heading into the masters bob a lot of our conversations were around live and the pga tour and how they would be covered and like jim nance mentioned in that final round did phil mickelson really have a legitimate chance to win not really but i mean he was making a push he posted that uh, eight under when the final group was, I believe, on the tenth hole. So he was up there. And, and to CBS's credit, you know, they really showed Phil every shot on seventeen, every shot on eighteen. And I mean, I, I give Nance credit for standing up for for their broadcast.
2: Yeah, uh, my weird this week is the team that has entered this week in the Zurich Championship of New Orleans. Now, as we all know, this is a partnership event, two player teams, uh, different format, a couple of rounds of better ball, a couple of rounds of alternate shot. And coming after a major and a designated event, they had to do something to draw a little bit more attention. So the format change, of course, is one of those that was, took place well before the, um, the designated event situation came in. But this year, especially, they're really sort of looking for ways to grab some attention. And they've done it by... Inviting the team of John Daly and David Duval. Now these two Champions Tour age players. I don't think David plays too much more on the Champions Tour. John still plays out there, and he's actually pretty good from time to time. But I can't think of two more opposite players, in, certainly in their demeanor, than these two guys. And they one is very, uh, very, I would say, very intelligent, very well read, um, chooses his words wisely. And then you got John Daly, who kind of is out there talking loud and uh, talking proud and he does all sorts of unusual things like hanging out at Hooters during the Augusta week and signing everything from anything you can put in front of him for a price anyway just a really kind of a strange partnership and I'm actually anxious to see how
1: these two players can do what would are you interested in seeing them Uh, You know what? I am. I really am. And we're going to spend some time on our Wednesday show discussing the format, what could be changed, what could be different. But bringing in guys like this, why not? And I'm curious, too, in terms of walk-up music, because these players walk up to that first tee with some walk-up tunes blasting. It's a little different. I wonder if John Daly is going to pick a song that he sung himself. Because you know what? He's a pretty good musician from time to time, too.
2: He is. He actually sang at uh, the uh, RBC Canadian Open was at Angus Glen one time and they had a sort of an outdoor concert at the on one of the farms there. And John Daly got up and sang a little bit. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't like the concerts they have now. Uh, But his favorite song that he's written, of course, the uh, multi-divorced man, he has a song that's called All My Exes Wear Rolexes. (laughs) So he's... uh my uh and then wow. my uh my what this week is uh John Rahm's handicap now this came out as a result of some posts not surprisingly on social media and they had a um they had a post uh earlier this week where someone took his time it was his basically his scores on courses where they could measure it it was late last year through the century tournament of champions and his handicap index was plus 13 plus 13. <laughs> now someone i guess seeing that decided they could do it and revamp it a little bit in terms of more recent and he said it's now plus nine oh. so uh, that's what he has to give up when he's going to play that at uh, at whisper rock where he lives out in arizona and uh, i don't know plus nine i'd have a hard time winning any kind of money now maybe that's why uh, jared dutrois told us that uh, he actually took 20 bucks off him the week before the masters. So, uh, he took it. Those guys went to school together. They're friends. So unusual though. Plus nine.
1: I was going to say he's struggling. He was plus 13. Now he's plus nine. Something needs to change for Rombo. No, that's that. That's something, uh, that, that's always a cool thing because you know, some, if you're talking to a, a you know a casual sports fan or casual fan of golf, and you think, "Hey, I'm a whatever handicap," like, "Oh, you must be pretty close to you know the guys we watch on TV." It's like absolutely not, nowhere <laughs> near the ballpark. These guys are so much better than your average three, four, or five handicap for sure. All right, Adam, the T is yours. Three forty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that is sweet. A lot of Rombo in my three dub today, too. It's a Rombo edition of Winners Weird and What. My winner this week is none other than John Rom. Now, Rom obviously won the Masters, and the RBC Heritage was a designated event. Now, Rory McIlroy withdrew, but Rom elected not to WD. And perhaps a lot of people wouldn't have blamed him and said, you know what, this guy is absolutely fried. He wants to take a week off. But Rom said he was not going to do this. And here is his explanation for why he elected not to withdraw. I believe we have his audio for this too. Let's hear from John Rahm pre-tournament about why he elected not to withdraw from the RBC Heritage.
4: It did cross my mind, it did cross my mind, but, um, you know, I made a commitment earlier in the year, and and I want to honor that commitment, right? Um, I also, you know, talking to Kelly, I put myself in, on the shoes, not on mainly the spectators, but the kids as well, right? If I was one of the kids, I would want to see the recent Masters champion, play good or bad, Yeah, just want to be there, and, uh, yeah, I mean... John and I still, I, was... I still I still intend to hopefully doing the the jacket double and taking this one home. I'm not <laughs> going to parade myself, right? But but yeah, uh I I uh, it did cross my mind, right? It obviously I think it would have crossed anybody because I was so tired, but uh, that's why I decided to come in yesterday afternoon and and take it easier and and just give my body a rest before I I got into competition mode.
1: Like that bravo, man. I mean, like to have that explanation, to have that perspective, to get in a kid's shoes and think, oh, my goodness, this guy won the Masters four days ago. Now I can watch him, you know, like good, good for Rahm. And, you know, he is in everyone's good books right now. And sure, in his past, when he was a little younger, there was that temper, there was the flair. He was kind of hard to watch sometimes because he would just absolutely lose his mind on the golf course. But now, Bob, he has certainly matured. And this is just a, a great response about why he wanted to play last week.
2: And, and how about his work uh, as a broadcaster yesterday? He uh, was on with CBS calling some of the golf and I thought he was excellent. He got really good reviews on Twitter as well. I mean, it was pretty interesting to hear his comments and really kind of um, saying what the golfers were going to face on certain shots and certain greens. I thought that was excellent too.
1: You know it's funny about that, Bob? That's actually my what this week. So we're gonna go to my what just as we're here, oh, right there, Sorry. right I then and it. there. I, no, no, I, I not didn't at read all. It that, well. that is all good. I mean, we didn't get that that far in our rehearsal. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, yeah, Rombo in the in the in the booth. Oh, all good, all good. Uh, the Rombo in the booth. I mean, that was incredible. I we heard we heard Phil Mickelson. Uh, this would have been the 2020 pga championship he stepped in there right after around threw the headset on and he'd see looked like a seasoned professional and for rom too some of the perspective he gave bob i mean that shot cantley had on the 13th hole not the one where he was almost in the water the one before that where ram was explaining about how the lie was how bare it was how a shot inside 15 feet would be exceptional the amount of detail he brought where he was exhausted. He's had a long, He just won the Masters, and now he's sitting in with CBS to, to do this. I mean, I know like we're all about trying to continue to grow the game with the PGA Tour, get more fans, new fans, etc. But good on Rombo for doing this and excelling at it too.
2: And uh, and I think he um, he kind of provided an edge to it that uh, Trevor Riddleman couldn't really do it because, of course, the guy just walked off the golf course. 20 minutes before, and as you said, um, you know, like, this is a guy who could have just walked out the door onto his onto his plane and flown home, but he decided to say, how long was he on? An hour?
1: It was... 45 it was, minutes? It was more than half an hour, for sure. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good yeah, amount sure. of time. And you know what? So, like, good for Rom. Um, He is in everyone's good books right now. Uh, that's, that's uh, That's certainly awesome. Okay, before we go to break, my weird this week, I always love when this happens on the PGA Tour. Zach Johnson, who is the Ryder Cup captain coming up, still playing a fair amount of golf on the PGA Tour. He shot an even par 71 on Friday during the second round. You might think, what's the significance behind that? Well, he made 18 pars. So I don't know if that's frustrating, if that's kind of cool, if you're hitting it well, if you're an up and down machine. But that was the first time Zach Johnson did this in 1,641 career rounds. <laughs> which, I mean, wow. that's, that's pretty cool, isn't it?
2: I, I've seen players, not every hole, but I've seen scorecards where players have shot pars on every round, or on every hole. It's pretty rare, and for him, for Zach Johnson, a veteran of so many years out there to do that—that's
1: that's that's absolutely stunning. Absolutely amazing. It it really is. It's stunning. It's amazing. And yeah, he's the Ryder Cup captain coming up for Team USA. Oh, I can't wait till Ryder Cup season where we can discuss possibilities. Who's going to be there? It that is. Probably my favorite tournament of the year to to watch and, and cover uh, from afar. Uh, looking forward to that. Okay, on the other side, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll have leaderboard updates from around the world of golf, and we'll update you on when you can see Bob and I across the TSN network, whether it's Golf Talk Canada or on SportsCenter. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit. While the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca/golf.
1: Wrapping up today's episode of GTC, Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Time now for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. PGA Tour, RBC Heritage, Matt Fitzpatrick, second career PGA Tour victory. Gets it done in a playoff over Jordan Spieth on the LPGA Tour, the Lotte Championship. Grace Kim also in a playoff. She had rounds of 71, 67, 70, 68 to get the victory. Uh, From a Canadian perspective, Brooke Henderson, rounds of 71, 70, 69, 71 c11 as she gets set now for the first major of the opga tour season the chevron championship we'll watch more on that throughout the week on our wednesday double header and bob and i will be on SportsCenter discussing that too on wednesday previewing that on the corn ferry tour the veritex bank championship spencer levine how about that a flash from the past there spencer levine a victory 63 in the final round to get it done now, Bob. I'm not sure if you saw any video of Spencer Levine. Have you seen how he's putting right now?
2: Uh, sorry, Adam, you cut out there, but I, I didn't see any video okay. of Spencer Levine. If that's what you were asking, but yeah, he, <laughs> Spencer Levine was I, a Monday qualifier, by the way, for that tournament, and yes. and got in. And uh, I don't know if there was uh, if we had. He's he's notorious for having a dart on the uh, on the golf course while he plays. And so I'm not sure if he did that, but. Uh, it's a long time in between wins for Spencer Levine. Guy who,
1: he uh, he won on the Canadian Tour way back in the day. Uh, he's been hanging around a long time. Definitely a dart or two for Levine on the golf course. But no, he's putting. It's almost like Happy Gilmore. He's got like the split hand grip going on. He's not using a hockey stick on the grain, obviously. But this guy is now a winner on the Corn Ferry Tour again. So congratulations to Spencer Levine on that. 20 Weeks of Tailor-Made continues throughout the year right here on GTC. Our winner this past week with the screen name Cuzzy C-U-Z-Z-Y, took home the Stealth 2 Plus driver, winning our Fantasy Pool last week for the RBC Heritage. Can't wait to get that out and using that outside here as we get very... Uh, get ready to play golf here in the GTA very shortly if you haven't already gotten out to play now Bob I know your course opens on Wednesday have you hit balls outside yet or have you are you waiting still
2: I have not our range opens today, so uh, I think um, it may actually be open right now I'll see <laughs> I might take a pass for a couple days here and go out I've got a game scheduled for Saturday morning though my first round of the year so Looking forward to that, and I hope everybody else is, no matter where you're playing golf, whether your course is opening this week or maybe early next week like yours, that uh, people can get out and enjoy themselves.
1: It's uh, it's golf season, folks. It certainly is golf season, and we're so excited to get out and, uh, and play uh, as the season uh, is in full swing, and it gets a little warmer as well. Now, Bob, you'll be able to watch—well, not you. Well, you could watch us, I guess, but we'll be on SportsCenter together on, uh, on Wednesday as we do Speed Golf, and it'll be an all-LPGA major edition of Speed Golf. Brooke Henderson— the only Canadian professional golfer to have multiple major wins. She's looking for a third career major championship. Already a win this season on the LPGA Tour. We'll discuss that and much more on Wednesday. Bob, thank you for a great show today. Enjoy the Boston Marathon. I know you'll be glued to the telly as, uh, as it wraps up. Thank you it's, to Eileen Jersey. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Evans Chibet is your winner. There you go there you go wow the moment everyone was waiting for that is awesome okay thanks to uh, eileen jerzak for joining us from exonic golf all about their coming up next on tsn 1050 it is leafs lunch the postseason is here is this the year they can finally do it i know we're going to spend some time on wednesday recapping game one because it's tomorrow night can't wait for that thanks so much for joining us and remember the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet
0: this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by adidas golf and the tour 360 22 tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the tour 360 fit while the spike more traction system will help golfers stay locked in thank you for listening to gtc don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at golf talk canada For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.